This is where it gets embarrassing. Uh, for good, good reason. I have certain obsessions. I, I, I won't hide them. I'm very passionate about turning stuff into as best it can be. So if you want to get into serious modification and performance, you've got to learn. Welcome to this week's MTD podcast. Today we discuss a new non-profit and training facility for non-neurotypical kids getting into manufacturing. I'm Giovanni Albanese hosting today's show, a passionate engineer and a proud member of the MTD team. Today I have the privilege to be joined by Tim Hacking. Tim is a pioneer in changing futures for non-neurotypical children. Tim, this is a is a brilliant podcast that I'm really excited to do with you. Um, Tim, welcome to the podcast, firstly, Tim. Nice to meet you, Gino. Nice to, to help out and be on it. Uh, brilliant, Tim. Tim, um, we've been discussing this, you know, for a few weeks now um, since you've made me aware of, of, of this new new project that you're working on. Um, can you tell our audience or give our audience an insight, really, about how you got into this and why you're doing it well yeah um anybody who knows me well knows that i'm different uh i come across odd i tend to be a bit more outspoken because my brain gets me in trouble before my mouth can stop it coming out um (laughs) i am non-neurotypical um now what is non-neurotypical? That is a family of conditions that range from dyslexia, dyspraxia, Tourette's, Asperger's, ADHD, which is what I've got. I've got really bad ADHD. Um, I mean, there's tons. But the problem isn't with the conditions, why I'm doing this. Um, my problem is more uh, we're very capable. Uh, I had to learn differently because I can't. Um, absorb things through written work, really. Uh, I can, but it's a huge effort and it causes meltdowns, nosebleeds. It's just not worth it. So I essentially dropped out of school very young, but never had a problem doing exactly what I wanted to do or achieve in life thereafter. Um, the side effects of ADHD or my non-neurotypical condition were evident, but I kept getting misdiagnosed and it wasn't until I was 40 that I finally got a doctor that said, no, 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 it's not depression. It's not any of that. It's really bad adult ADHD. And all of a sudden everything clicked, fell into place. Uh, Stupid decisions I'd made in my my career with drugs uh, as a professional DJ and very poor decision making when it came to thinking about practical jokes or, you know, (laughs) <laughs> just everyday stuff that most people, their brain would go, ah, it's not a good idea doing that. My brain always went for the laugh factor, but never with the malice. Uh, and anybody who's been around me knows that I've got a bit of a sharp sense of humor <laughs> that can get me into a lot of trouble. Um, but I discovered that I could learn anything I wanted to about 20 times faster than the average person which meant I went straight from school pretty much to becoming a professional DJ at a low level. But by the time I was in my 20s, I was doing the international circuit in London and in a small way helping design DJ mixers with a brand that's British, um, very well known. And, and if it hadn't been for a couple of people at that company, Alan and Heath, 
Uh, well, two. I'll, I'll say the names. Andy Rigby Jones. Um, he is the god of DJ mixer design worldwide. I don't care what anybody else thinks. Nobody gets close to Andy and his colleague um, Mike Griffin. They're the ones that kind of grabbed me and started um, helping me change from being this uh, fairly feral DJ. <laughs> into sort of having more of a purpose. I, I I already had skills as a salesperson and whatnot that I developed, but uh, it wasn't until I was encouraged to let the technical side of myself out, even though I had no formal training. So uh, I realized that the label meant nothing. It was how we learned that was important. And that's what this is all about. That, that's Tim... Brilliant, brilliant introduction, really. Now, can you can you explain what you're doing with Team Nessie and what you want to achieve from it? Well, uh, yeah, no, this is where it gets embarrassing uh, for good good reasons. I am, oh, I have certain obsessions. I, I, I won't hide them. Um, they're not OCD type stuff. They are, uh, well, just you know. It, it, if, I, if I'm going to have DJ kit, I want the exact DJ kit I want because of the way I work. Um, if I've got a car, now I've got a problem with cars because with a car, you're always buying somebody else's interpretation. But um, I'm very passionate about turning stuff into as best it can be. Now, unfortunately, my obsession with cars is Volvo estate cars, <laughs> which... Um, gives you a bit of a challenge because there's not a lot well apart from the obvious let's just say bolt-on glamorous bits that don't actually do that much for in performance those are available so if you want to get into serious modification and performance you've got to learn and so i had to teach myself everything about building an engine tuning it injector duty cycles machining gearbox ratios clutch pressures from the ground up, um, because I wanted to turn my Volvo 850 into a 200 plus mile an hour road car. But I didn't <laughs> have the budget to pay somebody else to do it. So uh, it took me a little while, a few years, but I, I breached, uh, we got Nessie to 923 brake horsepower at the front wheels, 218 miles an hour on the open road. Wow. Yeah, so what, what we decided was, whilst I was doing this, I thought, well, wait a minute. The aerodynamics on these things are really, really good. I wonder if we could beat a supercar. Now, I stupidly mentioned this on a forum publicly. I'm not on that forum anymore, but I don't like letting people down if I give my word. And I commented... Um, well, I said, look, if I could, pardon my French, if I could screw some more power out of my 2.3 litre Volvo, I'd take on a Bugatti Veyron just to prove how good these cars are. Now, I didn't really envisage that somebody from America would get in touch and hold me to that by giving me an engine block. And that was the start of this whole new challenge. This gentleman in America, uh, his name's Bob Miller at At Speed. He officially uh, raced the North American GT Cup Volvo, and it was a Volvo uh, 
S60R. So the saloon car, but it broke oh, about eight world records and lap times and average speeds and stuff. It was just phenomenal what they did. Now, they had some issues with tuning the original Volvo block um, and entered into a program to get a Cosworth block and internals made. Now, uh, politics and racing is always quite tricky. So let's just say that the, 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 this Cosworth block never got used. And that's been to my benefit because he contacted me and offered me the block as long as I took on a Bugatti Veyron for charity. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are now, and we are building a 2,000 brake horsepower at the wheel, all-wheel drive Volvo V60 T5. And it is to be, well, as cutting edge as you can imagine. We've got um, an incredible team working on it. And I don't mean me. Uh, <laughs> I'm the odd one out. I'm not the engineer, all right? Uh, we've got the likes of uh, um, two aerodynamics gods on the team. We've got uh, John Illy who was uh, head of aerodynamics at McLaren, Ferrari, Renault, and Lotus. Uh, and we've also got Professor Willem Toe from Sauber Formula One. He was at Renault as well, uh, Benetton, I believe. Um, so that gives you an idea of how serious we are about this Volvo V60. Now, this sounds, this sounds like, uh, like fun, and um, you can certainly tell that you're very passionate about your cars, uh, Tim. Now, you're looking to work, break world records with this yes, car, is that we are. correct? Yes, we are looking to set the world record for the world's fastest standard configuration road legal estate car. Now, that just simply means no engine swaps. We're not a manufacturer, so I can't do it as a standard production vehicle because it's not. We are messing with it quite a lot, but it is a forced induction, two and a half litre, straight five, Volvo-based engine. Now, Tim, Tim, this is all very fascinating and, 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 I, and I can't wait to kind of follow your journey with this, with this project. Yeah. Where do, the children, where do the children come into play, now, Tim? This, this is the interesting thing because what we wanted to do, if you, you're trying to attract attention of, of, well, a section of society that's been swept aside essentially pretty much for about 30 years as far as education goes, you know, uh, traditionally, if you were diagnosed, you were told not to really expect too much from life because they weren't able to judge uh, at early stages what non-neurotypical people were capable of. So we're doing this to prove to young people that they can do it. Because if this idiot of a DJ can work out with no training how to beat a Bugatti Veyron in a road legal Volvo, imagine what these kids, once they realise that the, the sky's the limit and there are people there that want to train them even with their difficulties what will those kids be able to achieve so so effectively tim you're looking to install belief in these in these children and you're looking to set up a training facility we are that's that that comes after the the team nessie attempt um i through a friend the gentleman that taught me about turbocharging uh, his name's bob henderson and Bob lives here in Scotland, but he was the first person in the world to turbocharge petrol cars for the road. Um, he was doing it for tuning in motorsport back in the day. And he's gifted me the rights to his life's work, which includes Argyle GT craft cars. 
And we're going to bring it back to life to train these kids hands-on, motorsport engineering, machining, design, diagnostics, the whole lot, one end to another. That's fantastic, Tim. It's, it's, it's going to be brilliant. And when do you envisage this kind of coming to fruition? What well, challenges are you occurring before you get there? Yeah, we've got a few challenges to overcome. Um, I, I'm doing this as a, as a, just as a disabled, unemployed person. Um, I've got no background in motorsport. I, I'm self-taught on the tuning, welding, engineering side, but I take it all very seriously. So we've got an incredible team of staff. We've got people from, well, uh, the gentleman who designed the, the AMG or was involved in the design of the AMG Project One uh, engine, uh, Callum Douglas, he's joined us and is going to be teaching these young people proper engine design, combustion technology. Uh, to do this, we're all doing it on a fixed salary. We've agreed that. But because there was no funding, I'm having to look for corporate sponsors that want to be associated with this on an ongoing basis and creating a, a proper center of excellence, not just for training these kids, but for the manufacturing technology as well, because we're unusual in that we own the rights to our own engine before we get going. Yeah. I mean, this sounds absolutely brilliant on so many different levels um, to me, Tim. I mean, at MTDCNC, we're obviously, one of our core values is education. Yeah. And I think if you can introduce this in in such a way, um, not only just for the the non-neurotypical children looking to get into engineering, but to change perception, really. You're trying to change perception by the sounds of it. You're trying to make it sexy. Yeah, it's a big challenge, but, you know, uh, I don't mind. If you, What I've found in life, I'm very direct and to the point, okay? And I know that a lot of people out there, that if you turn around and say, look, I've worked out how to do this with a Volvo, most people go, yeah, right. But thankfully, the guys that are out there that are specialists, they might think that and then they'll look at, double look at the figures and then get back to you and say, actually, you're bloody right. And that's the only reason that we're here today, because of the, the incredible professionals that went, actually, you know what? He's worked it out right. And it, it, it's perseverance more than anything. Um, even if we've got no money, we've got no funding, we're still getting a, a, a huge team together. We've already got partners agreed to make these vehicles remotely. And these are proper top-end uh, m- motorsport engineers that work with the likes of Toyota rally cars and and uh, a gentleman whose well modifications within normal vehicles are just astounding. A gentleman called Ralph Hosier, who, who as well as has got Aspergers. Yeah, and and what kind of time scale are you working on here, Tim? What what well, what's your target? <laughs> so the Team Nessie. Uh, well, record attempt. We were planning to do it 2022, but uh, an opportunities come up for TV. And for us, this is going to give us a far wider audience than we ever possibly imagined. So I've got the real pressure on at the moment trying to find sponsors for that kicking off in the next sort of four weeks, five weeks to, to secure the build uh, uh, build costs on the, the Volvo. And then... After we've done the world record attempt, and that goes out in broadcast, which I believe is going out 
October 2021. We then announced that we're bringing the Argyle publicly and we're doing this with proper qualifications available. It's initially the Advanced Apprenticeship HND, but we aim to step that up to a degree and be the first um, not-for-profit car company to, to exist, Just but we're doing it essentially for training, to fund the training. Yeah. And and with the facility um in Scotland, what what help do you need to, to make this 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 challenge, this dream come true? Well, I mean, what we need help with, I mean all sorts of aspects from getting rid of asbestos on the factory roof and inside. <laughs> but most critically, we need to teach these kids on, on industry standard equipment and with the best will in the world, even if I had some money to try and afford to buy industry standard equipment that these kids can learn on, and it's going to stay current, you know, for what they need to do so they can practice, rehearse and get hands on, really familiar and comfortable and high speed with these machines, that would be impossible. So we've been very fortunate, as you know, that some people have come on board and offered to support us already, but that wouldn't have been possible without your help, uh, Giovanni. Well, hope, hopefully, you know, more people will kind of support this because it's such a good cause and, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a privilege for us to be involved with it in any way, shape or form, Tim. I think that, you know, I, I can't wait to see this actual, actual facility in person, yeah. you know, and seeing these kids learn <clears throat> and, and getting rid of, rid of that stereotypical kind of branding, if you like, that, that they've actually put up with for so many years it's it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant and um i'm sure it's going to be an absolute massive success in in regards to the training that you're going to be giving the children can you can you tell us what kind of training they're getting okay yeah so we invest to to get a kid who's obsessed with cars and this is going to be our criteria okay i don't care about educational qualifications if you bring a kid to me that is obsessed with cars or motorsport, we can train them because that's their switch on point. That is their pleasure point for their brain and they will learn really fast. If you bring me a kid that's interested in gardening and the parents want to be a mechanic, I ain't got a hope in hell. I might have to my head against the brick wall for five weeks and just give up. You know, um, we've spoken amongst, uh, and I'm not a professional, but I have spent a lot of time researching this with University of, of St. Andrews and, and University of Strathclyde, the National Manufacturing Institute of Scotland. Uh, we've had help from Edinburgh University, and we've got input from leading motorsport engineers and engineering companies. Uh, and what um, we we really want to do for these kids is not only be able to train them, but for them when they finish with us, if we've got engineering companies like your cut your followers online watching what these kids achieve, if they get offered a job at the end of four years, that's us done our job. Doesn't matter how many cars we've got to build in the interim to train these kids. If we can get them into jobs, I am one happy mofo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, a- absolutely. I think that um, I really like the point that you made about if they're enthusiastic or, or they're passionate about motorsport. Because yeah. I can remember when I was at school, you know, if I was in a lesson 
um, about something that I weren't interested in, you know, with all the best will in the world, it would go in one ear and come out the other. But if it was a lesson where, you know, it actually interested me um, and it was something that I was interested in, it would stick and it'd be something that I'd want to learn. And, And there's a big difference trying to teach kids that they don't want to learn is 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 you know it's it's a waste of time to a certain degree it is i mean i i get why it's done at schools because they're trying to create um ideal candidates for average jobs but if you've got a kid whose mental ability uh, and sorry if you've got a kid in that classroom with every other kid that kicks off right I, I, they've got a condition and they're kicking off because well it seems like they can't do the work. Well, it could be that they can't do the work, but it could also be that they've done the work and their brain is bored. And because they're sitting there doing nothing, the bad side kicks over, if you like, the devilment kicks in, and they can't contain themselves. If they want to learn, they will voice themselves. It's it's a challenge, you know, but these conditions haven't been understood. We've had the label for a long time, and, and we've put the plaster on them, you know, that the... the Ritalin and the, the medication, which isn't a great solution. A better solution is to understand them and work out how to train them and get them to excel at stuff. That, that sounds Absolutely. obvious to me, but I'm non-neurotypical. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Tim. I think that it's it's, it's brilliant kind of um, exercise that you're participating in, and and um, you know, like we like we've mentioned, you know, I think that the the industry being involved in this is is so important, not just for again, not just for the non neurotypical no. children, but I think it applies across the board in engineering. What you're looking to achieve here is so important you know i think that you're addressing it from the ground roots and um i think that a lot of other people and organizations across the country could could learn from this yeah i think there's a huge case out there right um if you 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 right so your professional engineers are the guys that have to do this all day every day and they know what the industry is about politicians and pie in the sky people who have advisors tend to misinterpret things Uh, and are by no means experts, and this stuff gets fed on through chains. And so you create this expectation of what a life can be in a certain job, and the non-expert engineers are the ones basically trying to come up with a way of teaching these kids. Um, But So when they come out of schools or colleges, there's always this huge gap between what they need or what they should know for their engineering job and what they actually know and they have to then start learning all over again. And that, that's another thing that we want to address. Well, Callum is more passionate about that because he's a professional engineer, but it's something that he's doing work to, to help with that will be free for people. So effectively, you know, when they leave, the after four years of training, they'll be going straight into jobs and, and they'll be fully equipped to, to be kind of you know not not would won't need any more on-site training because no. effectively what they'll they'll be learning at this facility is is all of the yeah so we've got the aerodynamics we'll be doing wiring ecu programming and we'll be working with standard ecus for motorsports so motec or gems or cosworth or whoever but we'll also be teaching them a little bit about road car ecus it's important that the kids learn the traditional way of doing it, the current way of doing it, and we're trying to lean them towards the future way with things like aerodynamics and CFD. Uh, 
and we're going to be developing an, a, an electric stroke hybrid version of the Argyle so that we can teach them the skills that go into that. But we need to make sure there's a market for it. Um, component manufacture, yes. is that going to play a big part at this facility? Yes, it is. Um, so we'll be getting things, uh, as I alluded, we've got our own engine design, which is just a, well, it's a two and a half litre Volvo with a Cosworth badge on it. Um, but we'll be getting stuff uh, remanufactured or, or, or tooled up and then our version done. And we need to train the young people on finishing, manual tooling. Uh, we'll be finishing components for our carburetor, which is something else that we've, we've got, and also making structures for the vehicles. Um, it'll be a space frame vehicle with a plant fiber composite body. Brilliant. And, and, and MTD are looking forward to kind of follow you on this journey, um, Tim, for sure. This is, this is, this is, this is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well, and, you, um, you're all part of the Team Nessie now and, and you know, you <laughs> came on board at the right time when we were just putting the, the, the final structure to the organisation and the professionals involved and felt able to then support remote groups. Uh, and with you guys in, it means that there's a window on, on all that we're doing for people. But at the same time, you know, it, it'll create a bit of interest on what we're up to. Yeah, no, um, I, I don't think it's going to be hard for you to create interest, Tim. I can, I can kind of feel your passion um, about this project and um, you're quite heavily involved or quite heavily active on LinkedIn, Tim. So if anyone's got any questions for Tim, I'm sure you won't mind them uh, contacting you about this, Tim. No, no, no. I'm quite happy to field questions online. Um, this is going to be a car development like no other because most car companies, it's, it's a uh, the car is their end product, okay? So that, that will have some IP issues, design and stuff like that. We might have, but let's just say that the vast majority of it is stuff that already exists. We're just repurposing it, making it a bit better quality. And so we want people to see the whole process from one end to the other, taking a 40-year-old GT car that only was ever made in, well, prototype numbers, and making it up to a 200 mile an hour plus Cosworth Volvo powered monster. <laughs> well, I'm sure that these world, world records are going to be smashed. Look forward to kind of following oh, this journey. I don't do things by halves, Gino. I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't do what ifs. So unless there's a chance of absolutely mullering something, I won't do it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and and it's um, it's not the only. Oh, we're coming to the end of this podcast, but before we finish, Tim, it's not the only world record that you're looking to break, is it? There's a few that you've got in the pipeline. Oh yeah. Well, this is where it gets fun and interesting. So, as if beating a Veyron in a Volvo isn't mad enough, I thought, how can we get loads of publicity? And I alluded I'd been a professional DJ, so. I have quite a few friends still in that industry and I've called in a couple of favours. So I tried to work out, has anybody ever tried to DJ with decks, not not vinyl, but CD decks, in the back of a moving vehicle with a touring car driver driving it? Probably not. Right, we're doing it. So we've got a 200 mile an hour world record attempt with the boot lid being taken off, 
custom 6,000 watt sound system being made to exactly replace the aero and boot lid. We'll be powering uh, that system by a generator under the bonnet. And we've got touring car driver Matt Neal to hit 200 with a DJ strapped in the back. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. You don't do things by half, Tim. And uh, no. it's going to be an exciting year, 2021. There's lots of good things happening. And um, if anyone's watched this podcast, please please let us know what you think. And if you want to get involved, you know, Tim, you're still looking for, for sponsorship. We are, you're still yeah. looking for machine tools, um, any any kind of help and resource to make this fantastic project into a reality, you know, come 2021. Yeah, it's, I think that the team we've got, I, I couldn't, I honestly couldn't have listed the names that are on there when you look at it and, and come up with them. How they've come together as one, I have no idea, but I am so glad to be part of it, even though I'm the T-boy. <laughs> I think you're far more than that, Tim. I think you've glued it all together, and I think that you should be really proud of yourself, and I, and no, I can't I wait to see you. You know, I've got certain skills in life. Um, I'm not great in person, but you put me on a phone and I'm all right. Um, I've used that because I've had the time. I'm disabled. I'm not working. So if I can do this, what we want to try and inspire bigger companies to do is to club up with other companies and try and change some lives in another way. If we can do this and make money at it and change lives, why can't more companies do the same in a different way? Yeah. Tim, you've inspired me. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the MTD CNC podcast today. Hope that our listeners have enjoyed this. Um, as mentioned, if there's anybody at all that wants to be involved in this, please contact ourselves or Tim. Um, and we really look forward to following your journey, Tim. Thank well, you I very look much. forward to having you on board all the way through it and uh, giving your, your viewers a unique insight as well. We'll do as much as we can to make sure that you guys are getting the complete inside track. Tim, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for your time, my, my friend. Honor. And that's it for the MTD CNC podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, until, ne until next week, the MTD podcast. Thanks for listening to the MTD podcast. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Find more episodes on mtdcnc.com.